You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. Hey, we are canceling the apocalypse! Three days ago, we conducted a raid. Men just started falling. We need answers. Fast. At first, our field tech wrote it off as interference. I don't think you're going to fly me all the way out here for interference. In the last few weeks, we've been finding bodies around the city that were killed in the same way. Look, we work to keep our guys safe, and they need your help. They're going to get you close to this thing. It's going to be up to you to figure out how to stop this. Tell you to pull out right now. All of you to evacuate now! Anything that explains what you saw? No. There's no limit to how far they can spread. Unless we stop them. Unknown, a uh, strange journey through the depths of Netflix. Uh, it's Anthony Lewis along with Glenn Beauvais. Hey, Glenn, how you doing? Good, how are you? I am kind of excited to talk about this, only because it's been, ooh, like four months since we've done one of these uh, shows. The last time we talked, to, and besides, this is an upgrade, I would say, without going into full spoilers for the end of the podcast, I would say this is an upgrade from Bright which we watched yeah. back Well, I mean, time. I messaged you like 20 minutes in. I'm like, I probably shouldn't have waited this long to watch this movie. Yeah. So uh, our movie today that we are watching is the 2016 sci-fi action military movie Spectral uh, that was directed by Nick Matthew, who, according to uh, my research before this movie, he was just a commercials director. And this was his first feature, and uh, this is also one of the Netflix original movies that was uh, an acquired Netflix original movies. This was originally uh, created uh, by Legendary Pictures and stuff for a theatrical release, I believe. Uh, And then it was at uh, some point that uh, they they instead went to uh, Netflix instead of going to theaters. Yes, it says here Universal Pictures anticipated a an August 2016 release but decided against this and transferred rights to Netflix and then Netflix released it in December of that year. Uh, it stars James Badge Dale who 
was that one cop who wasn't a main cop in The Departed, and he was also that side bad guy in Iron Man 3. Uh, what else was he in, Glenn? Was he in other things of note? Yeah, he was in that firefighter movie last year, Only the Brave. Oh, okay, yes, yes, yes. He I did not like see the, it, but I'm aware of it. He's Yeah, he was the second-in-command guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in 13 Hours, The Secret Soldiers of Benghazi. Uh, oh, he was also in World War Z as well, which was after uh, Iron Man 3. Uh, the movie also stars uh, Emily Mortimer, who was in uh, The Newsroom, if memory serves. I'm actually not familiar with any what else she's done. The, the first time I remember seeing her was in... Um, the newsroom. So I'm actually not sure what else. I know she's going to be in the new um, Mary Poppins movie. I know she's in that, but uh, she's in um, Lara's in the Real Girl. Ah, okay. Uh, apparently, she appeared as Phoebe in three episodes of Thirty Rock, which was a great show. But I don't really recall that character uh, particularly. So, uh, yeah, she. Uh, oh, and of course, how can we forget? Bruce Greenwood, who I love in everything. He's just I love a, Bruce Greenwood. Yeah, he's just a likable guy. Uh, I will say, there's one disappointment for me in this movie, Glenn, was I felt like we were on the verge of an epic Bruce Greenwood Independence Day-style speech, but it never quite built to that level. Yeah. It never quite got there, and I'm like, oh my god, are we going to get a speech? And it was, you know... It was okay. The music, by the way, was done by Junkie Extra Large, who has some other uh, film credits. Or this is one of his first uh, soundtracks that he did. Um, uh, possibly. He no, he's been doing film scores for a while, at least according okay. to this. Uh, he did DOA, Dead or Alive, in two thousand six. Uh, he did Three Hundred, Rise of an Empire, Divergent. The Amazing Spider-Man 2, of course. Uh, he did work on Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, that's the big one that I remember him from. Okay, I just I thought he was one of those like new to the. Wow, he's done a shit. He's got he's doing a ton of music. Black Mass, Deadpool, BVS, Dawn of Justice, uh, Spectral, of course. Here he did the Dark Tower. He did Tomb Raider. And uh, he'll also be doing the score for the movie, uh, the upcoming movie that has not come out yet, Alita Battle Angel. So uh, he's got a lot of stuff uh, under his belt. Uh, so basically, Glenn, this movie takes place in I would they don't spe- I don't think they specify right, but it's in a near future. I'm yeah, guessing. it seemed like one of those like future, but like within reason. Yeah, yeah. Uh, We're still using cars and tanks and machine guns and stuff like that. But it's a slightly, you know, we're looking at like 20, 30 years down the line, that sort of future. Well, if we want to tie this into uh, to get out, Steven Root's not blind yet. So (laughs) it could be within within that universe, too. Yes. Uh, so this movie is about James Badgedale's character, Dr. Mark Klein, who is a DARPA, uh, research scientist who has flown to Moldova, you know, that hotbed of war, Glenn, 
because the U.S. military is currently deployed in the ongoing Moldovan War, which, you know, I think everybody saw that coming, but uh, (laughs) I actually had to go look to remind myself that Moldova is a real country and not a made-up one, because I had forgotten that it was a real country. Uh, I mean, it it is tied to, like, Russia and all that stuff. Maybe at some point you could think about it. It just seemed like a weird place for them to 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 square this war up at. But anyway, that's where he's deployed uh, because his expertise is required in uh, relation to these goggles that he has designed for the military. Hyperspectral goggles. Uh, I guess they're supposed to help uh, the troops out uh, in certain areas. I don't know. But the point being, uh, some of these troops end up seeing uh, things that they think are distortions at first, but then they kind of look like ghosts, and then the ghost things kind of attack them, and upon contact, the soldiers are instantly killed. Their bodies are burned on the outside, but their insides are frozen, and this is happening more and more. So that's why he's been brought in. They wonder if maybe there's something wrong with the goggles at first, but then it becomes clear that, no, this is like a real thing that is happening to the soldiers, and he is trying to figure out what they are. And basically, through the in the course of him determining, or at least making an educated guess as to what they are, uh, they end up in a variety of situations in which they are just trying to escape these fucking things because bullets go right through them, and uh, not just bullets, but grenades have no effect on them. Uh, or anything like that. It's only through some happenstance that he notices that, I think it's like lead shavings or something like that. Like, they affect them. And wind affects them from, like, a rescue chopper. Wind is preventing them from moving forward. And uh, also these these lead shavings, appear when they make contact with them, appear to affect them or damage them in some ways. Uh, and that's when this movie actually got really... Uh, wacky because this like dove into another thing that I had to go look up to make sure it was real but eventually Klein theorizes that the apparitions are not ghosts or something from another dimension or alien or anything like that It's they are man-made weapons uh, that are made of Bose-Einstein condensate which is a real scientific theory about a gaseous state that can exist uh, and these were a weapon designed, or at least being looked into, uh, but something went wrong at the place that they were being created, and these condensates got out and started wiping out everything uh, they touched. And it goes deeper than that. The reason that these things have a human form and seem to be intelligent uh, is discovered once they reach the power plant, where they uh, discover an abandoned laboratory inside, and they deduce that scientists were working on uh, research for the former regime and scanning humans on the on the molecular level and using 3D printing to replicate them in condensate form. Uh, but then these human test subjects would have their brains and central nervous systems removed, hooked up to a central machine, which allowed them to essentially control their condensate copies. Uh, they activate a failsafe system, which deactivates the condensates, and then uh, they, 
I guess, unplug all of the human brains and nervous systems to let those kind of not really dead, but sort of dead people rest. Uh, so now that everything has, uh, you know, the best part about this, Glenn, is that now that they've fixed this problem, uh, they just go back with the Moldovan military to continue to take control of the city from insurgents, and Mark Klein goes back to Virginia. The end. Uh, so what did you think of of Spectral? When you, when you spell the story out like that, it sounds ridiculous, but it ended up being pretty fun. Yeah, I liked it. Um, I will say there was like, uh, I don't know, a half a dozen times where like the ADR was so off. Oh, yes. There were a couple of times where it was not good. No. Um, but other than that, I mean, yeah, there was like some odd choices with like the, like, I was telling my friends about it yesterday and I was like, I thought it was pretty good, but it, it really reminded me of like a, a less polished version of like Edge of Tomorrow. Yes. Like it had the similar look, like the color palette was the same. Mm-hmm. Um, even to an extent, like I know the bad guys weren't really similar looking, but the way they moved. Mm, yeah. Because they just kind of came at waves. Yes. was similar, but it just really reminded me of like an unpolished big blockbuster movie. Yeah. Um, like I didn't think any of the performances were like bad or anything. Mm. But it was just uh it yeah, it just seemed like the like the B team version of a big budget movie. Yeah. Uh, my first thought was upon learning that this was originally scheduled for theatrical lease, uh, was I was shocked. Uh, cuz this did not feel like something that would have played very well in theaters. This felt like something that was made for Netflix. Like this was this felt like this was designed perfectly for sitting at home on a lazy weekend and popping in a fun action movie, but not something that was so big and because this felt very contained in a way. Like yeah, they didn't even have like really you know big names in it. Seventy million dollar budget for this, so not even. But everything looked good, so that's what I think they put the money on because like they had actual like props. Yes. Um, like that big Rottweiler rig. I mean, mm-hmm. that was a... I mean, besides some of the CGI touch-ups, but that was like a real robot thing that they made. So. Yes. Yeah, everything looked good. Visual effects were very good. Uh, yeah, I mean, everything... The only thing I was slightly confused by, and it was because you never really got a good look at how wide of a shot the camera could pick up. Mm-hmm. But when they had the light, I was like, I feel like I'm seeing more of these bad guys than I should. Right. Oh, based on like how focused the light was. Yeah, like like at it seemed the end, to be it seemed to be lighting up everything. Yeah, like when they're on the bridge and it's that one major who essentially turned into the Fallout suits. Yes. Uh, which I thought was cool. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it looks cool. Yeah, I, I would <laughs> like put all those guns together. Just one made. Made one big ass explosion. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> that that one shot at the end where the kickback was so big it threw him into the air. Yeah. That doesn't seem like a very safe practical firearm to use out in the field. But well, I think yeah, I think this is just a last ditch yeah. effort because it looked like they were like fusing together to make yeah. one big one. Well, see, I didn't jump to Fallout. My first thought was like, is this a prequel to like the Kill Zone movie or like the Kill Zone? Yeah, yeah. They look like the Kill Zone suits too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I thought at first, the kill zone, but whenever they, like, 
put up all the suits and stuff. Yes. Like, even though they were white, they looked like the mm-hmm. white version of, of the black suits from Fallout. Yeah. And Killzone, too. Like, yeah, now that you say that, they look similar to that. But I guess it's just because of the Fallout trailer maybe jump to that. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I was surprised that they went with a very sciencey explanation for the bad guys because I just figured they were going to go with some sort of, you know, uh, multiverse, you know, like we're seeing into another dimension or some kind of alien thing. I don't know. I, going with the sciencey thing, I feel like, I mean, to me, that was the only thing that was sort of eh about the movie is I sort of enjoyed the sciencey aspect, talking about the Bose-Einstein condensate, but the that they had to, like, tie it into, like, even crazier shit, where it's like, oh, well, they scanned humans on the molecular level and then 3D printed the condensate, but also they had the humans control the condensates because we pulled out their brains and their nervous systems. Uh, that just seemed like... I think it would have been easier had they just been like, it's aliens, or something along those lines. Yeah, I mean, because they essentially did a hive mind anyways. Yeah, or they're ghosts. They're ghosts of all the people we've killed or something. I don't know. But they didn't go that route. They went with a very difficult to grasp sciency explanation for the bad things. Uh, it was weird. Yeah, I mean, I kind of appreciate that they didn't. Because I thought that they were going to do that when he was like, I can't tell you how they were made. I can't tell you this, but I just I can tell you how we can stop them. Yeah. <laughs> And I was like, you know what, if they don't actually explain it, I'm kind of okay with that, because it wasn't that he, you know, they kind of established with this character that he didn't want to jump to conclusions anyway. So, like, right. to me, if that was just the explanation of when they, you know, murdered all of them, mm-hmm. uh, then I was actually okay with that. Yes. But, uh, and then the other thing was that they didn't have the... You know, they, they didn't go through on the love interest thing. Like, they didn't have their kiss. It was just like, no, we're two different people. We sh- This wouldn't work out. And they'd go their separate ways. Like, Despite I, them doing the scene. They did the scene they always do in these movies where they, yeah. like, it's just one guy. I think it's like Max Martini's character sitting down with James Badge Dale's character. And they're like, yeah, hey, yeah. what do you think about Emily Mortimer's character? And, you know, it's like, you know, they talk about her like it's going to end up being a thing. And I'm like, oh, this thing again. But then yeah. they didn't go through with it at the end. So, kudos. Normally they do. Yeah, again, it was like kind of the stuff that reminded me of Edge of Tomorrow. Because mm-hmm. I never really thought of like Emily Blunt and Tom Cruise like being a couple. I thought no. I thought her kiss to him was more of like a goodbye, not a... I you love know. you, yeah. Yeah, it was different. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, any other thoughts on, on Spectral? No, I just... I thought it was pretty good. It was just... Uh, yeah, I'm glad I, if I would have seen it in theaters, I would have been upset, but I don't think it would have had the charm that it had seen it on my TV. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot more forgiving with it because I think of it as a Netflix original. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, uh, for the amount of money that they spent on a movie that came out three years later with Bright, this looked way better. It did. <laughs> It looked a but lot they also better. had a shitload of money go to Will Smith, so... Also true. 
Uh, yeah, I, I feel the same way. If uh, if I had to pay, uh, you know, movie ticket prices for just this movie, I think that would have affected my thoughts on it. Because I would have felt like I've spent too much money on this movie. This movie was not worth the ticket price. Um, but as a movie that's part of the overall package that I pay for Netflix, which is less than the cost of a movie ticket, uh, that had like no effect. I didn't have that thought. That thought never ran through my head. So I was able to more clearly just look at it as how it is. And yeah, it's, it did not blow me away, but it is totally serviceable and fine as, you know, like a, Saturday afternoon, it's too hot to go outside and do anything, sit next to the AC and get some popcorn and watch a movie to kill some time type Also, movie. this movie would work really well on cable. Yeah, yeah, like, I think so there's too. There's definitely hard cuts where like, oh, I could see where they would put a commercial break. Yeah, and it's timed well. It's not overly long. This is yeah. an, like hour an hour and 40, 40 minutes. Hour and 48 minutes with credits. Yeah. Which means it's which means this is closer to like an hour and a half. Uh, so yeah, this is very well timed. You're right. This would work pretty well on television, I think. Yeah. Overall, a fun movie. Uh, what would you What would you give it? Uh, like a three and three quarters. Somewhere yeah. Around there. Yeah, I gave it. I gave it three and a half. I thought it was pretty good. A, yeah. uh, way better than Bright. Yeah, it was way better than Bright. Uh, okay, so um, before we talk about what we're going to watch next time, uh, we should probably go and thank the sponsors for this week's episode. Adam Tickets, head on over to cinemagically.com. Check out the Adam Tickets link at the top of the page. Uh, use that to pick yourself up some movie tickets or a gift card for uh, the movie fan in your life. And there's a ton of stuff out right now in theaters. And uh, a ton of movies that you're going to be able to pre-order your tickets for right now, including Ocean's 8, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, Incredibles 2, uh, a bunch more. Just the... don't take your kids to see Incredibles 2. You don't think so? No, it's, no I'm sorry. That movie is not for kids. That is, that is for me and my generation. <laughs> <laughs> we waited 14 years for this from our childhood. Maybe you could take them to Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. Instead. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, you can check that out. Uh, cinemageekly.com slash Adam Tickets uh, or click the Adam Tickets link at the top of the page. Uh, so the next time we come back, Glenn, we are, uh, this is your pick. And it is going to be the American biographical comedy film, which is uh, based off of Josh Karp's book of the same name, uh, starring Will Forte, Domin Hall Gleason, and Martin Mull, Joel McHale. It's A Futile and Stupid Gesture, which is the film that is based off of the... Is it the lives of the people who did the National Lampoon, or is it based off of the guy who started it? Or was there more than one guy? No, no. Well, that, it, this isn't... Like, National Lampoon was already a thing, but it's like about the guys that kind of took oh, National Lampoon the, into yes. the... The, the way we know of Nash. Yes. Will Forte stars as comedy writer Doug Kenny during the rise and fall of National Lampoon. Yeah. Uh, uh, it premiered at the Sundance Film Festival and uh, was released in January of 2018. So that's going to be the next one we watch, 
I believe. I'm looking forward to it. And it is a change of pace from what we've been watching. We've been watching a couple of sci-fi. The last two movies have all been sci-fi action movies. And this will be... Or they're just like dark, depressing war movies in Africa. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I mean, we did, we did, we did slip American Vandal in there. Oh yeah, that was good. But we do need a, we do need a shakeup. Uh, all right. So head on over to cinemageekly.com. Check out the archives of the show. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Stitcher. Uh, just search for Cinema Geekly and hit subscribe. And uh, we'll be back next time talking a futile and stupid gesture on a podcast from Parts Unknown. Parts Unknown.